Just a few weeks ago, we had a sermon uh, concerning this kind of the same topic, if you will, when duty becomes desires. Um, and I did that on purpose because I knew we were coming uh, with this uh, later on. And I want to go a little bit deeper uh, into that thought other than just a Sunday morning sermon. And um, this will kind of give us some more different light on it, uh, on this, this topic. And again, being when duty becomes desire. Um, you take the, for instance, uh, a man approaches a school zone. Or a woman. They slow down. They slow down because why? Concern for the kids that may be around. Um, maybe he sees a policeman. The other day I was walking over, thank you, sir, to get on the bus, Eric. I was, walk, I was walking over from school to get on the bus to drive. And when I went over, state trooper had one pulled over on the right. Went over and got my bus, come back out. He had another one pulled over on the other side. Went in and got my kids and come back out and had another one pulled over. I said, boy, he's paying the bills this week. I don't reckon. Oh. Um, Oh, your son. Oh, his truck purple. Oh. So, anyway, a man approaches the school zone. He slows down because he sees a policeman. He respects the policeman's power to find him for speeding. So he slows down because he doesn't want a fine. Right? We don't want those. The next day. He approaches the same school zone. He doesn't see a policeman. He speeds through the area and almost hits a little girl. He's shaken up. The next day, he goes through the school zone. What did he do and why? What do you think? Slows down whether he sees a policeman or not. Why? The question is why? Remember when he almost hit the little girl, he was what? Shaking up. He was tore up, wasn't he? I would be tore up. If I knew I'd almost hit, hit a child or uh, I can remember in my career, uh, I had a special needs child get away from me. And I was sick. It happened on a Friday afternoon. I was sick the whole weekend. Um, I mean, literally sick at my stomach of what could have happened in just a matter of a few moments that that child, and, and this, we're, not, we're talking about a severe child, not just whatever, but he was shaken up. He slowed down whether he seen a policeman or not because his heart had been affected. When events happen in our life, whatever they may be, 
and our heart is truly affected, we make a change. That's the key. Now you think about that. Think about things in your life that's happened. That maybe you almost lost your life. A car accident or whatever. Did it affect your heart? I mean, at the time, it was probably beating out of your chest. But, but did it really affect your heart? I don't go around a curb now, a real sharp curb now. I don't think about going around a curb before and flipping a car. Because that's what happened to me. I could have died. Um, you know, I always tell the story about leaving a water hose online about it. And then they whipped me with a water hose. I don't get a drink out of water hose today. Guess what? I don't think about being whipped with that garden hose. It affected my heart, affected my back end too, but affected my heart. Maybe you experienced a life-threatening uh, sickness or an accident somehow, you maimed yourself somehow. Um, you know, I don't, I don't work on a piece of machinery now that I don't think about losing the end of that finger. How quickly those things happen. It affected my heart. So why does a man slow down when he doesn't, when he almost took a little girl? Because it affected, his heart was affected. Okay? I want you to keep that thought in mind tonight. And this is what, and I want to say this. This, this type of effect and thinking is what God wants of his creation. His creatures. He wants heart service and not lip service. He wants heart service. God wants sincere, committed heart obedience. 1 John chapter 5, verse 1, 1 through 4. Talks about the love of God, those being born of God. What that is really saying he is those who are born of God and those who are of God have a sincere belief that brings a spiritual change or birth, new birth. John 3 talks about that new birth, doesn't it? A sincere belief. Verse 3 of that scripture, it talks about the love of God demands obedience. And God expects us to be what he created us to be, and that was in the image of God. He created us to be perfect and without sin, but we messed that up, right? Mankind messed that up. But that's what God wants. God wants sincere commitment and obedience to what he has said in the Bible, not what some man has told us. I've had people say, well, there's nothing in a name. What does the scripture say about that? No other name, what? <coughs> Under heaven. That's right. There's something in a name. Oh, ain't nothing in a name. We all trying to get where we all trying to get to. 
All trying to get to heaven is just you think you can go this way and I think I can go this way and we're okay. Let me tell you, God is not an author of confusion nor is he an author of division. When God laid that out in the word of God in the Bible, which you have multiple copies probably in your home, they all read the same. God didn't divide it. It's the inspired word of God. Now, you take all that. God wants that sincerity. He wants that commitment. He wants a heart obedience. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 6, Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as a servant of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. What does that mean? Anybody want to share that? Not with eye service. That means you do what? You get busy when the boss comes around. Basically is what that's saying. You gonna say something? I thought you were gonna say something. I service, men pleasers. Don't do something just to look good. When the boss comes around, boy, I'm gonna straighten up, boy, I'm gonna really be hump, you know, hustling and, and humping doing my work, boy, and, and, and really be at it. When when the preacher comes around or when the elder comes around or Whatever, I'm really going to be looking like I'm doing the right thing. Is that heart service? Is that commitment, sincerity? What is it? Men pleasers, eye service, lip service. That's what that is. That's what the scripture's talking about. When our duty becomes desires. John chapter 4, verse 24, God is a spirit. Those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in Truth. Psalms 122 and verse 1. I was glad when they said, let us go into what? The house of the Lord. Now, we think about that. Are you glad? Yeah. Oh, many pearls. Yeah. We're so glad to be here. You think about that. Do we take advantage of every opportunity that we have to come together? If we don't, barring sickness or whatever the case may be, we probably are following, well, I don't say probably we are, we're following into this eye service, this lip service. Yeah, I believe in God. I believe in heaven. I believe in hell. I believe that he said be this and be that. But I, you know what I call, I had a sermon like long ago, what was it, second milers? I'm not going to be a second miler. <laughs> no, sir. That's the attitude that some people have. That's what we're talking about here tonight. So, point number one, Jesus showed the difference in heart service and lip service. Matthew 23 and 25, oh, here's one of them woes again. Woe unto you who? Scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites. For you cleanse the outside of your cup and dish, but the inside they're full of extortion and self-indulgence. Emphasis there on the outward Outside looks what? Clean. Clean, good. Woo. 
Boy, he or she, they're a good person. Oh, he ain't never known to kill nobody. <laughs> he ain't never known to steal nothing. Or... But on the inside, it's like these scribes and Pharisees, and he says even hypocrite. Well, what's a hypocrite? Play actor. Play actor. That's one who comes and sits in these pews and claims lip service. I'm a Christian. I'm committed. I have a heart service. I am committed to this, this sincerity. Now go back to this man. We talked about almost hit that little girl. Next time he slowed down, he caught seen a policeman. Next time he almost hit a little girl. Next time he slows down because his heart had been affected. When we, and let me say this in the very beginning, when we have been truly affected by the blood of Christ and by the spiritual birth that John 3 talks about, being baptized and putting on the name Christian, there's going to be a major change. There's going to be a major change. It's going to be more. But that, that hypocrite we're talking about, that's why it gives the church a bad name. Folks who claim Christianity, then they're out using profanity and out around behind the bus. Man, I've walked around how many buses and looked, oh man, man, you go to church? I know they go to church. Because they look at me and just drop their head and they ain't got nothing to say. See, that's lip service. You can't come in here and sit in on a pew on Sunday morning or Sunday night and Wednesday and then go out and live that way. You can't do that. That's not duty become a desire, is it? No. We may look at a duty, but we have no desire. Oh, we've got a desire, but it's for the wrong place and the wrong person or whatever, the world. So again, our Lord spoke against that. Matthew 15 and verse 8, we have the debate over traditions there. He quotes actually Isaiah 29 and verse 13. It says, drawing people near to me with their mouth, and they honor me with their lips. But what? Their heart is far. Their heart hadn't been truly affected. Now, sometimes we go through difficult situations like many of us have right here in this congregation in the last year. Death, cancers. And we say, oh, my heart's been affected. But has it really? It's kind of like the man who who uses... uh, whatever, they may have a bad habit of tobacco or whatever. Goes to the doctor one day and he says, well, I think you got some precancerous cells going on. Whether it be in your lung or whether it be in your mouth or wherever the case may be. What's usually, what's usually the response? What's someone, how they usually respond to that, huh? They'll quit and say, oh, boy, boy, i got to start. I'm going to start doing this. I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to do this. Your heart's been affected, but then what happens? 
all that effect goes away a little bit along the way, doesn't it? And you say, oh, oh, I, I escaped this one. <laughs> he was wrong. He was wrong. I escaped this one. And then we go sometimes right back to it. The heart really hasn't been truly affected, has it? A lot of times that truly effectiveness doesn't come until he says, you got six months. And then we really get what? Serious. We really get serious. A lot of people wait too late about getting serious. The seriousness should come now, right? Yeah. I've had many people lay on their deathbed and, and have deathbed baptisms and things, and they would say, all those years I wasted. If I'd only quit that or stopped that years ago, I wouldn't be where I am now, and I could still serve the Lord. That's what you find yourself in in those situations. So we're talking about lip service. Our Lord condemns it. Matthew 13 and 15. Again, there, you know, Isaiah 6, verse 10. You know, the parable right above that was the reason that the, was to reveal and conceal the truth. The hiding of the truth was a judgment for the unbelief, and it happened during Isaiah's ministry as well. You know, he, he goes on and tells them, he says, you know, you don't know this, you don't know that. Mark 3 and verse 5, when he, Jesus, looked around at them with anger, grieved at the hardness of their hearts, that was a controversy over uh, uh, healing on the Sabbath, wasn't it? So think about this with me. God obviously, under, still under point number one, wants to capture, woo, and win man's heart. Think about that. God wants to capture and woo and truly win one's heart. That's the key. He wants to do that. He wants heart allegiance and not lip service. He wants more than just outward conformity. Oh, look at me. You know what I've learned through the years with kids? You can't fool kids. Kids see right through what we think we have disguised. Anybody else experience that? They do. Y'all know that. Y'all think they don't know when y'all fuss? You think y'all don't, they don't, your kids don't know when you got uh, financial problems? I know more about a lot of your homes than probably you do, to be honest with you. Because <laughs> I'm going to tell you, they talk. They talk. They, Mr. Matthew had a little boy tell me today, or just yesterday, he said, my mama's back to drinking beer again. <laughs> well, he don't. He said, she back to drinking beer. He said, I know boy shows up every now and then. I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, I don't like him. He's mean to me. You know what my, you know what my grandma does? 
They tell me, they tell me that. Yeah, yeah, y'all grandma's in here too. Y'all get the, hey, I hear all about y'all. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but I do, I hear a lot. Uh, they, they talk. They talk. And what we think we've got covered up and what we've got masked that nobody else knows or we don't think they know, your children know it. And not only you, but everybody else's children. They know. They know what's going on. They know whether mom and daddy talks like they're supposed to or, you know, or drinks. or they, they know all that. And we think that we can put it in a little red solo cup and, and, and just fool everybody, don't we? That's what we think. Um, but the kids know. Kids know. And a lot of other people do too. Point number two. I skipped over the part there, loving the Lord your God with all your heart. That's, that's understandable in this lesson, isn't it? If we're going to truly be sincere and, and, and have a heart effect on our heart and allow things, changes, true changes to come, We've got to love the Lord, our God, with all our heart, soul, and our mind. I will mention this. Barnabas came and seen the grace of God in Acts chapter 11, verse 23. They had captured the Helen. I say captured. They had taught the Hellenists there. Verse 23 of 11, there he says, they resolved to do one thing. They had a purpose of heart. When someone has a purpose of heart, what do they have? determination to do whatever that purpose is. They do it at all costs. You see, that's what we got to teach our young people about marriage. Y'all want to fix the divorce part? That's what you got to teach them. You want, that's what we got to teach our young people about church. There's one purpose. There's one Lord. There's one faith. There's one baptism. Not everybody's going to heaven. Not all churches are going to heaven. Not all people who are in the church. There's a lot of people in the church of Christ that ain't going to heaven. Unless they change their ways. But it's a purpose of heart. Like we see there in Acts 11 and 23. Number two, what can help us assure that our service is from the heart? What do we need to do? We need to make sure that our wants correspond with God's wants. Now, that's big. God wants you to go to heaven. What should you want to do? Go to heaven. Correspondent. God says, do this. Are you doing that? Are you corresponding? Is it lining up? Is it parallel with what God said to do? That's the question. God said in the inspired word of God, there's one church. There's one church, folks. There's one way to go to heaven. Scripture teaches that. Scripture teaches that. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 21, where your treasure is, there what? Oh, what's that treasure we're talking about? Could be various things. Money, 
things that I love, things that I treasure above God. Yeah, what you treasure. Um, sometimes it's time, isn't it? Sometimes it's time. I treasure my time. I'm put my time over God. How do we do that? That's right. I've got all, i got this, 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 and this to do. And God, I can't give you the time you deserve. Or, I mean, we could go, we could go, we could go further, further, further with it. We could go on and on and on with that thought. But again, the way to happy is to keep your wants few and keep them simple. But make sure that our wants correspond with God's wants. A man who wants alcohol or a man who wants this or wants that or maybe sexual immorality, is that what God wants? Could you see God, now I'm, I'm, I'm being very vulgar and gross right here. Could you see God kicked up drinking a beer? To me, that hurts me to even say that. Could you see Jesus? You think about those things. If our heart has truly been... Now, I've got things I have to work on, just like you do. Things that I struggle with, have struggled with in the past. Brother Jimmy Anderson come taught our men's class up at the retreat. If y'all wouldn't attend that, y'all missed a, a good one. He made a statement in that class. He'll remember it when I say it. He says, do you do things now wrong that you, how do you put it? Uh, do you do things wrong? Do you do, do things now that you used, used to do? How did I say it right? How did you say that? <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I know what I'm trying to say. Or do, you do, do you not do things? Yeah. Yeah. You used to do. Yeah. And he said, that's spiritual growth. That's spiritual growth. That's where we got to be. That's when a heart change comes. Now, that's not to sit here that we can lay out a list and say, well, I hadn't overcome this yet, so uh, I just hadn't grown enough yet. <laughs> we can't look at it that way. you gotta, you got to... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Exactly right. Uh, so, again, what can assure us? Let me think about this. If we made a list of our wants and desires and then made a list of what God wants, how close would they correspond? If you made a list of your wants and then what God wants side by side, how close would they be? Our Lord, again, is a perfect example. What can we do to assure our services from the heart? By engaging in those activities designed to increase my love for God. To truly know God is to love Him. Increase in those activities 
designed to increase my love for God. What are activities that are designed? Bible study? Sunday morning class? 9 o'clock? Is that an activity designed for us to... What do you think? Yeah! Wednesday night Bible study? Yeah! Sunday night worship? Yeah! Ladies' day? Yeah! Gospel meeting? Yeah! Vacation Bible school? Church retreat? Now, I know we can't make a lot of things. I understand that. You can't make everything. But engaging in those activities that help increase my love for God, helps that heart change, be affected like that man was. I don't want you or myself to go through a detrimental thing, a tragedy, before our heart is changed. Why do I beg and plead and preach sometimes things that you don't like? That's why I'm preaching to myself. I don't want you or myself or anybody else in this congregation to have to go through tragedies that we've already been through before our heart is truly affected. When it would be so easily to change it tonight. Or start changing it. Number three, or excuse me, conclusion. story about Abraham Lincoln. During the Civil War, he would occasionally visit the hospitals and the, the wounded soldiers. One day, he came to the bed of a young soldier who was near death, and he asked the young man, was there anything that he could do, do for him? The young man did not know that he was the President of the United States. And he answered, yes, there is. Would you write a note or a letter to my mother? Mr. Lincoln wrote, as a young man dictated his last words, Dearest Mom, I was badly hurt while doing my duty, and I'll never recover. Don't sorrow too much for me. May God bless you and Father. Please kiss Mary and John for me. At this point, the young soldier grew so weary that he could not finish the letter or even sign his name. Stories told that Mr. Lincoln finished the letter for him. Written for your son at his request by Abraham Lincoln. Just as Mr. Lincoln was about ready to seal the letter, the young man recovered just enough to read the letter. And when he got to the bottom of it, he read that it was President Lincoln. And he said, you're really the president? Abraham Lincoln smiled and says, yes, I am. Is there anything more I can do for you? The young soldier made one last request. Mr. President, would you mind holding my hand and seeing me through to the end? Stories told that he stayed with the young man until he drew his last breath. Mr. Lincoln was a great man with a great heart by what I figure out. You probably know a lot about that in the history. He served the people, not out of sense of duty only, but from his heart. And when we serve God from the heart, 
it becomes genuine obedience, sincere obedience to God. But that's the key, is am I sincere? When my duty becomes desires, that's when it's really true obedience.